economic health of this nation has been. For essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. Lack of a better word. Late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. This is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. I'm Bill Laco, certified financial planner, along with uh, Nick Antonucci. You got a designation now, right? You're a smart guy now, CBA. Right? Yeah. Oh, does that classify me as a smart guy? I don't know about that, but it's I have a designation. Letters. Yeah, kind of have some letters. That's right. Uh, so, so CVA, Certified Valuation Analyst. That's correct. All right, all right. And then uh, Shauna Theriel, you got a couple of them, don't you? A little bit. You're you're like a CPA and a CFP and an EIEIO. That's right. Okay. <laughs> One up in me. Well, you know, she's smarter than all of us, clearly, <laughs> and better looking. Yes. So. Well, thank Sorry, you for oh, that. that wasn't inappropriate. No. Was that inappropriate? No. Is Mike's blushing? You can, blushing. Blushing. You can always say that I look better it. than you. That's not a problem. Well, and it's a factual statement too. <laughs> Uh, so, how's this week going? Uh, well, we're down a quarter of a percent this week. Uh-huh. The and thing I said about the market was going to be up, so I, it was my fault. Probably. Well, we have a day left. And today's been kind of interesting. Today's Thursday when we record this. We've had the Comey testimony going on. And the market is kind of, you know, it, it started out pretty flat. Halfway through the testimony, you saw the market take off. And by the end of the day, it, it had pulled back down into negative territory. Uh, for the week, though, as I said, we're down about a quarter of a percent. Um, financials leading the way for the week. What's pulling us down? Consumer discretionary, utilities, staples. But this week has been kind of slow in terms of economic news. I think next week is going to be really interesting. We've got a lot of important data points throughout. We've got two inflation readings. We've got PPI on Tuesday, producer price index, consumer price index Wednesday. Also got retail sales Wednesday. So you're going to get an idea of you know how is consumer spending in May. Um, later that day, we've got the FOMC decision. Uh, it seems all but certain we're going to get a rate hike. What's, I think. what's FOMC? Uh, Federal Open Market Committee. He's trying to trip me, trip me out there. See if <laughs> I actually checking, knew he's it. Checking, <laughs> he's checking. Um, but uh, they'll come out May, with their latest monetary policy decision. Um, we expect to get another quarter of a percent rate hike. That'll put us in the range of one to one. Oh, you think this month percent. for sure? It's uh, the implied probability per Bloomberg is 98 percent hmm. as of today. Huh. So the you know the market seems reflective of that happening. Uh, it would be a big shock if that didn't happen. But then closing out the week, we've also got consumer sentiment. Um, it's a twice a month release. This will give us the preliminary June reading as far as looking forward, what are consumer expectations like. So I think next week is going to be a lot more telling than this week. It's kind of been a flat week, and you're seeing that with the market, you know, relatively flat. What were the two inflationary? Producer price index, okay. consumer price index. Producers, okay. obviously, from the producer side, it's a right. precursor to CPI. And the expectations for next week are both to be flat. So it's not often that you see a big divergence in and PPI either. to CPI. Right. Um, and we like to look at the, the headline number, which strips out food and energy. They're more volatile. So um, that's what we'll be watching next week. Uh, that being said, we've had uh, you know a few economic indicators throughout this week. We'll start with the previous Friday. We had our monthly employment situation for May. Uh, payroll gains slowed a bit to 138,000 jobs added for the month. Um, gains for both March and April were also revised downwards, so not a great reading on employment there. But that being said, you have to look back at the overall trend. It's been pretty impressive. Um, the unemployment rate is 4.3%, so you got to assume that's pretty close to full employment. We can't continue to add 200 and some thousand jobs a month. 
forever. So these, these numbers change, obviously, given that it's, we're in summer, too, right? Sure, sure. They're seasonally influenced. Right. Um, something else worth noting, um, if, if you guys watch the Wall Street Week Ahead videos, I know tons of people do. No sarcasm there. Everybody. Um, but <laughs> within three years of reaching full employment, we've headed into a recession. So I don't think that's imminent, but it's a statistic that you can't ignore, and it's something that you know we continue to, to monitor I would be the curious, indications of that. What, what, what the underemployed looks like. You know, in terms that's, of that's a good question. Well, I'm sure if you dig w- to the details, when you get into the recession thing that you're talking about, in terms of three years out, sure, because there's still a lot of people not working. Absolutely, um, and I think we saw. Let's see in here, the uh, labor participation rate ticked uh, lower to 62.7 percent, so less people, you know, actively seeking jobs. Um, also this week, we got some trade data. The trade deficit widened more than expected in April, rising to 47.6 billion from 45.3 billion in March. It was a little more than expected, but really the thing you got to think about here is you have a, a US economy that's stronger than basically most of our trade partners. So it's no surprise that you know our demand for imported goods is a lot higher than their demand for what we export to them. So uh, not a huge shock there that the the deficit widened a bit. Productivity and costs came out uh, this this past Monday. Uh, productivity is now shown to have been unchanged in the first quarter compared with the 0.6 decline in the prior estimate. This is basically just a change in the amount of goods or services produced per unit of labor. Um, really, you can tie some of the numbers in here back to the employment situation. Something that we're still lacking is really seeing wage growth. I think we're seeing year-over-year wage growth somewhere in the range of 2.5%. And when you consider that inflation is, you know, Two. Two, two point, even more two than that, 2.1, 2. 2. 2. somewhere in there, mm-hmm. you know, real wage gain, uh, growth is 0.4%. So it's almost non-existent. Um, also Monday, we got a little bit of uh, non-manufacturing data out, the ISM non-manufacturing index, a.k.a. services. Um, slipped a little bit in May, but it continues to do well. It dropped from 57.5 in April to 56.9. It's a slightly larger decline than what was expected. Uh, but to note here, anything in excess of 50 is still considered expansionary. So the services sector of the economy is continuing to grow, which is important because it accounts for more than 80 percent of our domestic uh, GDP. So uh, finally, on uh, two, uh, Monday, we got the fact, latest factory orders data. So now a little bit on the manufacturing side of things. Factory production took a small step back in April. We saw orders posting their uh, first decline since November, losing 0.2 percent. Again, first decline since November. I still think it's safe to say manufacturing domestically here um, is doing well. I think some of the anticipation of an improvement was kind of on the back of a a Donald Trump presidency with promises that haven't come to fruition yet. There's still a lot to be seen. Um, So wouldn't be surprised if you continue to see uh, somewhat of a pullback there. Um, as far as interest rates go, we'll give you guys a little bit update on that. Uh, two-year Treasury rose a little bit, but across the board, everything further out, five and out, you saw uh, rates come down just a little bit, somewhere around uh, one to three basis points. You got mortgage rates down. Uh, the 30-year average fell to 4.04%. Still cheap. I know, you know, we people are always harping on the fact that, oh, mortgage rates are increasing. They're increasing. Not that fast. 4%. Right. <laughs> Especially and, on after-tax basis. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you got to think back, as we mentioned, we're probably going to get an interest rate increase next week. But that even so has – I mean, we've had three of them since what, last – this will be the right. third the rates since lower. last December. Yeah, and they're not exactly. moving. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, people 
take advantage of it and assume they have to jump to it before rates get tremendously higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still don't see anything that's going to drive them considerably yeah. higher, where it's going to really force people out of the market. You, you know, that you start to see that in the housing data. They're saying, you know, higher rates are, are disincentivizing people from from buying homes. But I really think it's the supply shortage which has driven prices. Right. You know, I know high. in my area, the supply is really, really low. You put a house on the market, it sells in a day. Exactly. And I mean, builder sentiment's still good. It's just you're not actually seeing them go out. I think last week we had, uh, actually, it's next week we have housing starts data. And again, housing permits uh, are supposed to, expected to be down. You have multifamily that's declining. So I feel like something's got to change here. If there's a supply shortage, there's money to be made by right. these builders. Why aren't they getting out there? Um, Which is interesting because I've seen a lot of building happening around, you know, the Atlanta area. It's, yeah, it's everywhere. You know, I go home, I see nothing but Crane Skyline, it seems like. Right, right. Um, There's it, it so much building going on down there, it's a little scary. Well, it that's is. what happened but, before. They but, built it all up and then they couldn't sell anything, right? If you look at population growth, and I know this is way down the line, they're talking like by 2040, population is supposed to increase in Atlanta by 50%. Five can you, zero. Can you imagine five, our traffic actually it's then? Actually, forty-eight. I'm sorry, forty-eight. Absolutely. I can't imagine. It's gonna, they're Why expecting when? Atlanta to be 20, uh, 2040. Can't do that math in my head. What is that? 2023 years. years. Yeah. It's going to make Atlanta the sixth largest metro area. That's Another thing we're, worth noting while we're on the topic of Atlanta and Georgia specifically, um, this week, 17 Georgia companies made the Fortune 500 list for 2017. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, a lot of the companies are used to seeing Home Depot, UPS, Coke. Um, but NCR, who's got building a brand new office mm-hmm. in Midtown, uh, Veritiv, Polter Group, Mohawk Industries. So, Poulter, where to go, that's Georgia? New homes. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Well, they that's need to right. get going here in Georgia, I guess. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, are you from here? I was raised here. I've been here since I was five. So, so I mean, uh, even through, uh, I mean, we got smashed pretty hard during the 0809 recession. Sure. But you know, I remember the 70s recession and. I mean, Georgia's always been, Atlanta's always been growing. Sure. You know, it's a special place. All right, we're going to stop here for a quick break. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.